DJ and PK, it's time to welcome in our basketball insider, Steve Cleveland, the former Cougar coach. Steve, good morning. Good morning, guys. Steve, there's a few Jazz fans who are stressed by four consecutive losses. They've given up 120 points with stunning regularity, and they're 2-8 and eight when they do that this year, so that's a bad idea. Yeah. You got any advice? What happens? How does the defense, which was not great, but it was certainly above average, how does the defense go from above average to poor so quickly? Uh, you know, part of it is being on the road. Um, I think people underestimate when you take, take the Rockets game, for instance. Uh, that's four games ago. And uh, they, they're at home, and Gordon goes for 50. And Westbrook and Harden don't play. And people look at that and go, how could that possibly happen? You know, I think one of the things they forget is that everybody in this league has guys that can play. Some of them are difference makers that we know and we read about. Some of them are developing and haven't had an opportunity to play. And, and then some are role players. And, you know, really, a guy like Gordon's kind of been the guy, the third cog in that wheel. And he gets shots when Harden and Westbrook decide they don't want to shoot. But we forget sometimes that they're really, really good players in this league at all levels. And just because we don't know who they are or they haven't been given an opportunity, when given an opportunity, they step up. Then they, they go on the road and, and they, you know, they play the Spurs and DeRozan goes for 38. Jokic goes for 28 for the Nuggets and Lillard goes for 50. So in two of those games, they gave up 50 points to a, a, probably a couple of superstars. But uh, I, I think defensively on the road, it's more difficult. It, it would make sense. I, I would... I'm still a little bit um, – it's hard for me to believe that the Rockets without Westbrook and Harden go in there and, and get beat. But um, I, I think certainly on the road, uh, I understand it. And uh, they're going to have to – you know, it's a wake-up call. But it's a long season, too. And I think we need to understand that uh, it's a grind. And, you know, when you when you take a look at what's happening – you know, for instance, when Donovan Mitchell, he he can't have an off game. You know, he can't go one for twelve and zero for six. I mean, that just they don't have the depth and the scoring. And Ingles has been really quiet the last four games. And I don't know if that's because of Conley being back or what the circumstances are, um, but he's just not playing like he's been playing. I mean, he's usually a guy that's got twelve or fourteen with six or seven assists, and he's been in a bit of a struggle. So, and he's been a really important part of that team so just little uh just some inconsistencies and it only takes one or two guys to have a have a not so good game and uh, the margin for error in the nba is really really slim man and you just can't afford to take a night off especially when you're on the road so the schedule this week you know you got two ball games and they're both at home wednesday against denver and then Friday against Portland. So you have this rare opportunity to have some practice time in your own building. And so I'm wondering what you think that they should be doing to take advantage of this as far as film work, extra practice, whatever it might be, maybe meetings, uh, one-on-one with Coach Snyder and whatever. What would you suggest they do? And I don't want to say to right the ship, but just to get a little bit better. I think what you do is you, I mean, you obviously those guys have so much technology and so much film. And you, you, I think the first thing you do is you look at the breakdowns defensively. And is there a pattern? 
And is it does it involve one or two people maybe in ball screen actions, or is it because they're not, you know, they're not off the ball, or they're you know there's not a lot of help, whatever the circumstance, whatever the the mistakes that they're making defensively, you watch clips of those, and you may watch clips of those individually. And we've talked about this before. I've always felt as a head coach, especially when somebody was struggling. Uh, it's not always the best thing to get in a team situation and you know kind of rip them and you know humiliate them or then that's not happening at that level anyway. But I, I I think with the the defensive part of it, I think you're watching clips and you're looking at where the breakdowns are and is are there some patterns here? Let's fix them. Let's talk about them. Let's go on the floor. They're not going to go real hard, but at the end of the day, they can fix some of those things by film, by obviously one of the things you mentioned through conversations. And then my getting on the floor. I think offensively, it's it's one of those things that that is such a delicate thing, shooting. And and this is a, a team that has six or seven guys that can, can score 20 on any given night. But uh, I think just making sure that where their shots are being taken. Are we taking a lot of – maybe we're taking more contested shots. I don't know what the analytics are. I, I, I don't have access to that. But, uh, you know, hey, in the past, maybe 22% of the shots we're taking are contested. And now look at this: thirty or forty, thirty-five percent are contested. I don't, I don't know if that's an analytic that's an issue, or, or, or uh, you know, how what are they doing at the end of the shot clock? Where are the breakdowns there? Are we not in the ball screen action we want to be in? But they're going to identify. I mean, there's going to be a pattern when you lose four games in a row. There are those things happening, and then then you got to take a look at the intangibles, and you look at the efforts. You look at the circumstances in the environment of the game. It was on the road. Guys are sick. I mean, you kind of assess and look at all of those things, and then you just realize that, hey, listen, we we got two. We're playing a really good Nuggets team here, and uh, it, you know, a week ago when we were talking, they had won four in a row and they were nine and one and they were in second place. Today they're they've lost four. They're five and five, and they're in fourth place. And these two games right here, they get they they stay. In, I mean, they can't afford to lose games at home right now. Otherwise, they're going to be looking at the sixth or seventh spot in a week when they're going to go on the road. And, and they've got a schedule right now where eight out of the ten or eight out of the next ten are on the road. So you would think this would be a time where they could get their confidence back, get their mojo back, and take a look at the small and simple things that uh, win and lose games, especially on the road, especially on the road. And, and defense is the one thing that needs to travel on the road. And this is a team that's been really good. Man, I'm telling you, it's just – it's as little as one or two possessions that can determine a game. And sometimes guys just step up and make big shots when they're contested, and you just got to go good on them. I mean, we, we did everything we could, and I mean, there's no game that you can't look at and go, hey, we've done this, this, and this. But over the course of 82 games, there are patterns and things, and they've kind of gotten into a funk here that they, not, they need to get out of. And I'm confident that coaching staff is great as they are. They'll, they'll find those things, and get their confidence back, and uh, I, I, I fully expect them to win both these home games this week. When Kyrie Irving went to the Celtics, we were discussing, oh, you'd add a t- that talent to a team that's already pretty good, and I thought, and I said, well, there's too many shooters and not enough shots. Now, I don't know if you're aware of this, Steve, but one of our listeners turned that into uh, what could best be described as a thing. <laughs> Shooters. Too many shots, not enough shots to go around for all the shooters. 
you know, Quinn's going to have to make those decisions as a staff. But I think I don't think you can talk to guys enough about, hey, what's not working here? What's not right? Let's talk about it. Let's be really transparent here. We're not worrying about people's feelings here. We're all trying to win games. And I think you have to have those conversations. Even though they're pros making $20 million a year, it's not like you don't and that's part of having a great culture. And I, and I, you know, they do have a great culture there. But part of having a great culture is understanding what the guys need and what helps them to be the best they can be. And so they're going to have to have those rather difficult conversations. Cougars got a huge win against St. Mary's, and we saw the game as exciting as all get out. I'm wondering from your perspective, what do you think makes Mark Pope an effective coach? You know, one of the things is I think that he has a connection with the guys. He's young, he's energetic, he's positive. And it's not to say that Coach wasn't or I wasn't or other people. You know, everybody has a different personality. But I, I, I think the, the the one thing is that he, anytime you can inherit a team and that's not really kind of been maybe playing to their potential uh, and you – you paint a new picture and you, you have a different mantra and you have an energy that comes with that, guys start believing in that. And, and obviously some really critical things had to happen. Yoli Childs came back, and that was a, an important part. I'm sure Mark played a big role in that. And, uh, and then getting Jake Toulson, which was huge, to get a, a graduate transfer and get Barcello to come in. So we're talking about a team that's way different than last year's team. I mean, Barcello and Toulson really make that team different. And Nixon and Celius, they've accepted a role. They're not thinking they should be starting, and even though they may have during certain games. So everybody kind of knows their role. They're playing that seven or eight guys, Harding a guy that kind of a, people go to sleep on, but a really, really good player. This is a very talented team, and Mark has been able to identify their roles and who they are and what they should be doing. I mean, I think offensively they've done some unique things that uh, is – Distinguished Mark as a, as a as a good X's and O's guy, and uh, their their ball screen action, their spacing, the constant movement. That's something that's a little bit different, and new that the guys have, have kind of bought into. And I I think that uh, he's just a really positive guy, and and, and focuses. He, he's an analytics guy, and he can talk their language. He communicates well with them, and uh, it's it's been a really good situation. And uh, there's a lot of basketball left, but it is a fun team to watch. And I think the, the thing that I most enjoy about this team is, is, the, is the leadership of this team. I, I, I think Jake Toulson is really special. And uh, not, not necessarily because he's making threes and things, but he, for a guy to come in, and, and the fact that he played for Mark for the last couple of years helps. I mean, if he just transferred in and nobody knew him and he had already been at BYU – but he has embraced the role of being a leader on that team. And then Yoli is too. Yoli's maturity, I just listen. I'm not there watching it, and I'm not in practice, but just the maturity of the things he has to say and shares. Uh, you've got the intangibles there that that kind of leadership marks brought the breast out of them. And, uh, and that's why they're, they're being real successful, and, and they've got a chance to get back to the tournament, and they've got some fun games ahead. So they have given up uh, 79 points or more in three straight games and five of the last eight, and I know I sound a little bit like, get off my lawn, guy, when I start bringing that up, but that was where I thought the NCAA tournament slipped away each of the last, what, three, four years, whatever it's been, was 
a high-scoring game on the road, and they couldn't hit the big shot. Now at home, T.J. Haas hits the big shot, and they win 81-79. Any concern that they're starting to give up more points than they were giving up, uh, say, a month ago? Well, I think there's always a concern. And I, you know, I don't have those stats in front of me in terms of possessions. And when you shoot the ball quick, you're going to be more possessions. You're going to give more points up. Uh, but, I, but I think you're right. I, I mean, anytime you let people come into your building and shoot 53% from the floor and 50% from three points, I mean, give, I mean, give the St. Mary's team great credit. They're solid, and they've been really good for, in this league for a long time. But that would be concerning, that you gave up 53% field goal shooting and 50% three-point shooting in your building. And, and had to you know, win it at basically in the last 10 seconds. So, yeah, that is a concern because when you go on the road, I, there's two things that have to happen when you go to the tournament. Well, number one, guard play is huge, and they have that. Number two, you're right, is they've got to be able to defend and guard. And, uh, and I think that you know, rebounding, those kinds of things become really important in the tournament, extra possessions. But, yeah, I, I, I think it's always a concern because that, those aren't numbers you should be giving up at home. And, and you're right, you, you documented that they've been given up in the high 70s. Uh, but it, it's one of those things where you've you got to keep getting better. And, and you know, you look at they're going to be favored in every game they play except Gonzaga. And, and if they shoot the ball well, I mean, Gonzaga's had a few close games. I mean, against Pepperdine, they got, they got off the hook, a team that can score it against USF. They were lucky to win that game on the road. So, and, and we're talking about the number one or number two team in the country, depending on polls and things. But I've watched Gonzaga play, and, and they're really good. But they aren't last year's team or the year before. I mean, I mean, this is a team that on the road they've had a, a, a more competitive game. So BYU is capable of beating Gonzaga this year just because I think of the mental makeup of that team. But you're right. They can't give up 85 or 90 points to Gonzaga because – They've got size and, and uh, they have real good quickness at the guard play, but they're pretty much favored. You know, I mean, I, the game I think that BYU has to be really concerned about is at Pepperdine. They've never played well there and lost games, giving up 70 and 80 points, uh, and certainly the Gonzaga game. I don't think they would have, I mean, they, they got a kind of a break in the schedule where they play Santa Clara at home. I've watched them play two or three times. They're uh, well coached, they got good size. Playing them at home, I don't think they can score enough. They don't, they don't score enough to beat BYU. But at home, that's, a, that's one that they should be happy about not having to go on the road. But LMU and USD, they just have to take care of business. But the Gonzaga game, I'm going to actually be in town that week. And so I'm kind of excited to see the Santa Clara and the Zags play. So, uh, But you're right. It is something they have to be concerned about, especially when you look at the game they just had. And more than likely, BYU and St. Mary's are going to play one more time in that tournament to see who plays Gonzaga. Steve, we appreciate a few minutes as always. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, every week here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.